Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to the studio and this first podcast for uh, BreakingNewsStudios.com. I can hardly believe that uh, this is finally coming to pass and that I'm getting a chance to um, see this thing uh, become a reality. It's been a long road and uh, wasn't sure if it was ever actually going to happen. And so here I am and here you are. And uh, I'm just really grateful, first of all, uh, to those of you who have uh, subscribed and uh, have signed up for this. I just can't tell you how happy I am. I uh, was joking with um, someone that, in my own religious tradition, you know, if two or more are gathered. (laughs) But I said, I really hope there are more than two. And uh, obviously, um, here you are. And I'm just excited about... um, where this is going to go and the part you'll play in it. And uh, yeah, they're just, you know, it's overwhelming when you um, make a, a, a jump into something this new and this challenging. You never really know what to expect. There's no real baseline for it, uh, at least not for me. This is something entirely new and it's similar in some respects to the classes I used to teach uh, both at the university and in church and lectures I used to give around um, around the place. But I, I this is different in many respects because I'm um, the medium that I'm using is one that I have disparaged for a long, long time, uh, which is uh, the irony of the fact that Michael Bruner is online um, making a go at it is not lost on all of my former students who many of you are listening today. Um, and you have heard me give no end of trouble to uh, the very uh, companies and social media groups that I am now depending on for my livelihood. So you can go ahead and laugh away. I cannot blame you for uh, for that. It's kind of hilarious. And um, so here I am now, um, <laughs> biting the hand that has that that um, has been feeding me. Um, Anyway, it's, I'm, I'm happy to be here, and there are a couple people I just want to thank before I get too far down the road. James Panetto III, uh, James Panetto the magician, uh, the lunatic, the poet, the filmmaker, uh, and friend of mine has been indispensable in getting this thing off the ground. Um, I was introduced to James through a mutual friend, and um, he uh, v- very... Um, uh, generously agreed to help me do essentially the back end of this whole enterprise. And without him, you wouldn't be hearing this today and it wouldn't be happening. Um, it would be a, a very poor version um, of, of what you see now on the website and, and uh, what you're hearing. So I, I just really want to thank, uh, thank James. Shout out to him for all the great work he's done. Uh, it's just so helpful. So thank you, James, very much for all the work you've put into this. I, I just can't tell you how grateful I am. And then, of course, to my little uh, Ohana, my little group, uh, my family, um, who've been so supportive. Just, yeah, super grateful to all of you for uh, allowing me to uh, be obsessed with this, really. I mean, in some ways, if you're starting a new business, you almost are forced to an obsessive level of concern, <laughs> For all the little details. And um, so I'm sure there will be hiccups along the way for uh, no doubt there will be, but I'm just grateful to everyone for 
who's been around me uh, to let me obsess over this. And I thought what, it, what would be good, so many of you I've had uh, as students in, in the past or I've known as friends, uh, some of you I've, I've, I don't recognize your name. I'm, I'm, you weren't a part of APU, so this is new to you. But I thought it might not be a bad idea for at least this, this first podcast to kind of give you a sense of what has been happening to me, what led me to this decision to do this, what I sort of envision breaking new studios to be. I mean, you can see some of that uh, on the website. And just where I am and where I intend to go with this, to the degree that I can tell you that. But I thought it might not be a bad place to start. And then uh, starting next week, I'll, I'll be, um, you know, God willing, producing two podcasts a week on, uh, I'm hoping, Mondays and Fridays. So that's the plan at this point. That may, uh, that may be a little flexible the first couple of weeks, so uh, bear with me. So what happened, in short, I'll try, I really will try to keep this short, is uh, almost exactly a year ago. It was June, or excuse me, January, the early morning hours of January 7th or January 8th, about 2.30 in the morning, Jenna and I, Jenna, my wife and I had been up talking about the possibility of making a change. And we were both gainfully employed. She is a teacher in the San Marino School District. I was a professor at APU. We were both doing fine uh, financially. Um, we were at the top of our, you know, respective careers. Um, our kids were in really great school systems. Our family was around. This was January, remember, of 2020. So pre-COVID, um, at least pre-COVID for most of the rest of the world. And so we had made the decision, though, that, that um, and, and to, you know, Jenna's eternal credit, I'm, I've always been a rolling stone for better and for worse. I don't, um, I don't tend to stay in one place for too long. And that's both a, you know, a, it's a, I guess, a benefit and a liability, a virtue and a curse. I admire people who have kept friendships up for a long time. That just has always been something I've envied. Um, and for probably uh, all kinds of reasons, I've just not been that sort of person. Um, and the friends that I do have that are old friends, it's largely due to their uh, continuing uh, to make sure that that happens rather than me. So I, that's not something I'm terribly proud of. But um, in any case, we knew we'd be leaving some very good friends behind, uh, not to mention leaving our families behind in making such a move. We weren't sure where yet. We knew Spokane was a possibility, but didn't know for sure. We just felt like it was time to go. And isn't that odd? I mean, I, I there were a couple converging experiences that happened that I won't bore you with, but um, eventually enough of them happened. And, and I remember one phone call in particular. I was actually up here in Spokane in February of last year looking at land and, uh, and all these converging events were happening. Strange, strange things that maybe someday in uh, later podcasts I can talk about, but they were more than just simple coincidences. I mean, if they were coincidences and there was no divine intervention of any kind, then, then I have uh, managed to beat all of the odds in terms of, uh, in terms of the strangeness of coincidences happening one after the other. And they were coming so fast and furiously that finally Jenna said, you know, it's almost like God is putting down cairns 
in front of you. And, and for those of you who have hiked much or been in the backcountry, you know that cairns are those stacks of rocks that people put on top of each other so that, you know, if you're off trail, you kind of know where to go because you're going from one cairn to the next. And, um, and if people who know what they're doing in the backcountry are putting up cairns, um, you make sure that you can always see one cairn uh, from, from the, from the uh, distance and perspective of another, right? You want to be able to see where you're going. And so it did feel to me like there were these divine cairns being put down. And it became clear and clear to us as after we had made the decision, January 7th of last year, that we were going to do it. Uh, that, that, I guess they call that uh, a leap of faith. It's either that or it's insane, or maybe all leaps of faith are in some level kind of insane. But we knew we were going to go, um, in spite of how, for so many reasons on paper, it didn't make sense. But these cairns were being laid down in front of us. And so we really felt like this was, um, I don't want to sound uh, corny about it, but divinely ordained that we were going to move. We weren't sure why exactly, except that the, what, the way we've been able to articulate it, the way it, that it's made sense to me is just wanted to live more simply. Wanted to start practicing what I had been teaching and preaching for most of my adult life. And um, I had started to go once a year by myself off into the uh, wilderness for a week at a time, uh, leave my phone back in the car um, and grab my backpack and a few tools and some books and, and take off. Um, and I would usually go to a national park to do it and go in the off season, October, November, when it was cold and uh, there weren't many people around. And I would take off and do this. And there was something very, very bracing and life-giving about being completely dependent on your own wits and on the elements, um, being subject to them. And yeah, it brings you closer to God, brings you closer to uh, the planet and yourself. And um, it just is a, it's a very salutary thing to do. And this was, so doing this as a family was obviously on a much larger scale. We weren't just going to go off into the woods for a week. We were literally going to uproot our lives and try something entirely new. And we didn't know what that was. And to some degree, we're still not sure. This whole podcast and website may be part of it. And we had talked about sort of some kind of loosely defined um, ideas of, of having a teaching platform. But that wasn't my idea, as I've mentioned on the website. It was the idea of some former students and friends who've said, you know, you, sh you, should, you should keep teaching one way or the other, find a way to do it. And I thought, well, as long as I can find a way to do it without having to grade anybody, um, I, I'll, I'm, I'm up to considering it. But the fact that it was possibly going to be this, maybe a podcast or a website just made me laugh for all the ironic reasons I was talking about earlier. Anyway, we weren't sure. And, and you know, what would Jen do? I mean, Jen was, had been teaching at the public school for 25 years and she wasn't in no way ready to retire. Um, so there were a m million reasons for us not to check out of, of our situation, but we did. And each step we took, um, there seemed to be a little, just almost infinitesimally small incremental rise in, in um, uh, acceleration. Like each step we took accelerated the move even more. And, um, and then COVID came. Then the pandemic hit. And we had already committed to moving. 
And so we ended up, uh, we had hired a, a realtor, fabulous, uh, excellent realtor, the Burnses. If you're thinking of selling a home in Southern California, uh, Jason Burns is, is your man. Um, he will uh, do everything he can to help sell your home. And they were absolutely terrific. And then we had a, um, a realtor up here who helped me find the land, Shannon Bragg, who's just been fabulous. And I feel as strongly about her as I do about the Burnses. If you're buying a home up here in Spokane, Shannon's your woman. She'll help you out. Uh, she just went above and beyond the call of duty. But all of the, And that was an interesting thing. We were driving to Yosemite in January as a family, and I got two phone calls on the road, two numbers I didn't recognize. One was Jason Burns asking me if I'd thought about selling my home, which was just really weird. And then five minutes later, and I'm not joking, five minutes later, I get a call from Shannon Bragg up in Spokane saying, hey, have, you, have I thought about moving up to Spokane and buying a home? So anyway, we, we ended up selling our home in the middle of COVID, and that was just crazy. We weren't sure um, how it would happen. Literally five days before our house went on the market, Governor Newsom uh, put the mandate down that things were all closing. The the Association of Realtors were shutting everything down. Jason was able to get some special dispensation to let us have uh, an open house. Everyone was masked up, wearing booties. It was absolutely nuts. And we managed to sell our home for almost $100,000 more than we asked. Um, and we were not sure we would sell our home at all. So that was just an absolute gift that we could not have planned for. In fact, we didn't plan for it. I've been crunching numbers to the point where I was going cross-eyed trying to figure out if we could afford to give up our jobs and move up to Spokane unemployed. And, um, and then this gift of, of our home sale happening in ways we could not have expected um, came. And so anyway, we sold our home. Um, escrow closed... Escrow opened on my brother's birthday, March 27th, and closed on mine, April 27th. Um, and, then, uh, uh, with, and then we had the home through the end of May. But at one point after um, the sale had gone through and we had had 15 offers and um, it was great. And we didn't take the highest offer. We, we took the offer from the couple we thought would would be best suited for our neighborhood. And it's kind of a shout out to our neighbors who we had grown to love. Um, and, and we just didn't want just anyone moving into our home. And, and, um, anyway, we, um, we, we decided why stay until the end of May? Let's just go. I mean, let's, what, what, what's holding us back? Let's, 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 you know, light out for the territories. Let's get out of here. So within two weeks, we had packed up our entire house, uh, moved and moved it into a large truck and we moved ourselves. And if any of you have ever done that on a somewhat large scale, you know what a colossal uh, pain in the ass that is. And um, I cannot tell you how crazy it was to pack up everything and move ourselves up to Spokane. I'm not going to uh, bore you with too many more details except to say that one of the biggest um, uh, blessings and benefits we've had is our friendship with the Sonnelins, Andy Sonnelin and Chrissy and their kids. They provided us with Camp Spalding, this lovely camp um, right on the on Davis Lake, just a, uh, in northern Washington, just a few, what, half an hour from the Canadian border, not far from where we live now. But they provided us with a place to stay for nine months. Uh, unbelievable. 
and just so grateful to them for that. N- none of this really would have been possible without their stepping in. And, and of course, you know, we found out, unbeknownst to me, that the land I purchased was walking distance from where the Sonnelands live. And I'd never been in their home. And he was the only person I called uh, to tell that we, I was going up to Spokane to look at land. And I had no idea uh, where he lived. And then it turns out we're walking distance from their home. So, um, uh, it, so I'm, I'm saying all this to say, yeah, we took a big chance in, in making this break and giving up our jobs and giving up our livelihoods, moving our family. We have two small kids. We've been unemployed for close to a year. But nothing about it has felt wrong. Everything about it has felt right. And, um, and we do feel like there is... Um, Obviously, uh, you know, there's there's something bigger happening here than than just our crazy decision to move. Um, so up we came here, and and we were living uh, here at Camp Spalding for many months through the summer and fall and into winter just before Christmas, and then a, a really lovely couple, uh, Mark and Patty Benson. Um, surprised us with a gift of their home through Christmas and New Year's. And so, you know, I mean, it's just been this kind of a crazy uh, fraternity of, of people who have just come behind us and helped us out with this. And it's had its challenges for sure. And one of the biggest is that I decided probably unwisely to general contract the build of our own home. And we're building a yurt, as most of you know, um, uh, and the shell, the, the the shell of the yurt is is constructed by a wonderful company here in Washington State, as it turns out, just an hour or two from Spokane, called Smiling Woods Yurts. They're terrific, and um, we purchased the shell from them, and then we're building everything else uh, from the basement up. And that has been a huge challenge because I don't know the first thing about building, or at least I used to not know the first thing about building. Now I think I know at least the first thing, maybe the second. But that has been a huge, huge, huge challenge. And to try to do all of this in the midst of COVID and shutdowns and, and uh, uh, you know, not being able to make uh, easy connections with, with subcontractors and uh, the price of lumber going through the roof because of uh, supply chains being um, affected by COVID. I mean, everything has just been absolutely nuts. And then, of course, we've had this crazy weather. And so... It has been an incredibly improbable journey that has brought us to this place. And we are now renting an RV from another uh, new friends uh, of ours, um, uh, and Nathan and Kayla Larson. And, and Nathan, I hired to lay the foundation for our home. And then I was in a conversation with him back in December and telling him we were trying to find a place uh, to rent an RV. And lo and behold, they have an RV uh, that they were just going to winterize. And so... We're living in that RV on our hill, and um, it's you know, two to three hundred square feet. Pretty, you know, pretty small for a family of four and a dog. But uh, and each iteration of where we stay gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So I've told Jenna, by the time we move into our uh, yurt, we'll feel like we're living, you know, in a mansion. Which maybe that's probably not uh, entirely accidental that this is what we're doing. But when we we look back on it, and you know, our kind of promise to each other and probably promise to God was that we wanted to live simply. We wanted to live a little closer to the ground. We wanted to not get caught up in the rat race of, of you know, postmodern living. We just wanted to live more intentionally. And I think, you know, God in his eternal sense of humor took us seriously and said, really, you want to live simply? Okay, you know, try this on for size. So we've been living out of a suitcase, all four of us, for um, 
since um, the end of April of last year. So what does that put us at about nine months, eight, nine months? We've been living literally out of four suitcases. We've been wearing the same clothes <laughs> over and over again um, and, uh, you know, living without, really. Um, and that has been such an interesting exercise in simplicity. Um, it's not nearly as easy as you think it will be, but it's not nearly as hard as you imagine it might be, actually. Um, and one of the big things we've learned in this whole process is just how little we actually need to be happy, to be healthy, to be productive, to get along. I mean, one of the single probably biggest blessing in all of this is that we're actually closer as a family than we've ever been, which really, honestly, on paper, that was not um, what any one of us would have guessed. We were supposed to be in the yurt by now. If everything had gone according to plan, we'd have been in the yurt by August and uh, living large, you know, on top of this hill. Well, that was not to be. And I think now probably, though I may be making a virtue of necessity here, but I think that was part of the plan, was that if we had moved in too quickly into a really comfortable situation, we would not have learned the lesson that is a hard lesson to learn, uh, but a really good one, which is what it actually means to live more simply. And I know I am preaching to the choir when I talk to, uh, when I say this, and many of you are listening, that it's very easy just to accumulate things, accumulate responsibilities, accumulate um, debts, accumulate just all kinds of things that compete for our attention, that make us anxious. And, um, and you end up with all this stuff before you've really even had a chance to take the measure of things, you know? And I think if we had moved in too quickly or if things had just worked out perfectly according to my plans or Jenna's plans, we would not have um, learned what, what we are currently in the midst of learning. And I think it's an invaluable lesson, quite honestly. I say on the website, you know, that we've forgotten the old adage to give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's, and it's gotten us into a hot mess. And I don't think it's just gotten us into a hot mess as a, as, as a, as a country or as a culture or as, as a world, but as individuals. And Jenna and I knew that if we were going to make a leap, you know, like Martin Luther says, if you're going to sin, sin boldly. If you're going to do this, you know, there's no such thing as a, as a careful step of faith, as a measured jump of faith. It's a leap, and you're leaping off into the dark, you know. Um, I mean, we were, and our friends thought we were crazy uh, for doing it, and we had, you know, we, and we agreed. We said we're crazy, but we're not stupid. And we, we did take a lot of, you know, precautions in, in how we would go about this. But here we are, and... Um, and, you know, I'm happy to report that we're up on a hill in uh, sub-freezing weather in a 250-foot RV, uh, and there are challenges for sure. Uh, our poor 15-year-old daughter, Belle, uh, hasn't had a room to her own um, since, uh, since March of 2020. So that uh, by itself, um, you know, makes her eligible for sainthood someday. So there are challenges, and I do not mean to make a rosy picture of this. There have been big challenges, but I can tell you that we wouldn't do it any other way, and we have honestly not looked back. And it got me to thinking, and, and, and maybe I <clears throat> can sort of um, use this as the theme, I don't know, maybe the theme for this entire venture called Breaking News Studios. Um, it's hard to 
reduce things to a single theme sometimes, but I think what I, one of the things I've learned and I've, there were a million different ways I wanted to start this podcast. Um, and Jen convinced me that I just needed to kind of catch everyone up on where, where we had been. And I'm hoping that that, that was helpful to you and didn't feel too indulgent, um, you know, for me to just do that. But I'm realizing that there's a certain amount of discontent we all live with that whether or not you make a bold move or you stay in the same place you've been in all your life, there is always a certain amount of discontent. And that discontent is usually a combination of things we create for ourselves. So discontent we create for ourselves and what Annie Dillard calls, um, Oh gosh, here I am quoting Annie Dillard, uh, a holy, holy unrest, I think is what she calls it. It's this kind of divine restlessness, right? Um, C.S. Lewis called it the law of undulation, that the best it gets is ebb and flow, ebb and flow, ebb and flow. It never, it's never all flow. And, and we waste our time and usually our money trying to attempt all flow. And not only is that not possible, it's probably not wise. I was talking with Arabelle the other day. I forget what it was we were talking about, but these days, if we're talking to her, it probably has to do uh, with Harry Styles. But I, I, uh, we were talking about heaven and what heaven might be like. And somewhere along the way, either she said or I said that we had heard someone say that, you know, finally everything will just work out perfectly. And XJ Kennedy has a really lovely poem. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but it's, uh, I think the title is something like, uh, in heaven, nothing functions as it ought. In other words, the discontent that we live with is part of the plan. Like that's the intention it's actually what it means to be alive is to be a little discontent. And it's that discontentment, I think, that in a healthy way gets us up in the morning, gets us out of bed, um, that allows us to take the measure of ourselves and each other and the things around us. Um, that That is kind of both the bane and privilege of being a human being and being alive is that we will not be perfectly content. Now, in heaven, we may be perfectly content, uh, assuming there's such a place and we actually get there. But I don't think it's going... I think I think X.J. Kennedy was on to something here. I, I, I still think there will be problems to solve. We'll just solve them well, you know? I, I think there will be challenges to be had, but but we'll we'll mount those challenges with, with some, uh, some Elan and some, some you know, um, I, I don't know, just... Um, I can't imagine, I mean, I get in Revelations, it says there are no more tears and no more crying. And perhaps, I mean, I certainly expect there to be tears of joy and uh, cries of laughter and things like that, obviously. But I think probably what's meant by that verse is just that there won't be any unnecessary sadness, right? There won't be any um, um, uh, reason to to be, uh, uh, I I don't know, just... um, depressed or, or, um, everything that we experience, I'm hoping is, is, um, will be what it means to be fully alive. And I think part of what it means to be fully alive, at least in this life is to just embrace that discontentment. 
The trick isn't to erase it. The trick is to manage it. Um, that it's the background noise of existence, right? Um, and, and of course, in my tradition, we believe that that, that discontentment, um, as much as it's part of the plan, is also part, partly the result of the fall or what St. Augustine called the original sin. Um, and it, it's just part of what it means to be alive. And, um, and I think there was a temptation on mine and Jenna's part to think that when we moved up to this new place, because, you know, we felt like we were really in God's will and this is what he had planned, that everything would actually work out exactly like we had hoped and expected it to be. But I have learned, um, I've learned the hard way that just being in uh, the divine will of God does not make things easy. On the contrary, in some ways, it makes them more challenging. Things don't work out like you'd hope they would. Um, and, and again, as I say somewhere on my website, it's not happy news that we're given. Uh, it's good news. And, and what's good is often really difficult and hard and challenging. And to be able to say that is one thing, but to be able to live it out is another. And that's probably a penance that I'm paying for uh, nearly two decades of, of lecturing to my students to, to do it. And now I, I'm tasting my own medicine. And, um, you know, and I get it. It's, it's much easier taught than done. But I, I really want to believe that a certain amount of discontentment means you're actually alive. And, and Frederick Buechner says somewhere, how can we um, finally seek um, complete um, contentment when so much of the world is discontent? I mean, that we would have to be a kind of a smiling Buddha, you know, the, the statues of Buddha with his eyes half closed and he has this smile on his face. It seems to me that we'd almost have to remove ourselves from life and exercise a terrific amount of, of denial, denial that this is all real, denial that pain is, 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 is real in order to make it through. But otherwise, I think being a little discontent means you're actually a grown-up, means you're mature, means you're alive. So anyway, um, I have taken up the half-hour slot that I really want these podcasts to be. I don't want them to be much longer than this. So I'm going to end with a poem that many of you have heard me recite over the years. It's a poem I, I feel very close to and I love. And it's called All Souls by Rita Dove. I, I uh, um, really exhort you to look it, look it up. All Souls by Rita Dove. I'll read it and then, um, yeah. And then we'll see each other next week. Starting up behind them, all the voices of those they had named, mink, gander, and marmoset, crow, and cockatiel, even the duck-billed platypus of late, so quiet in its bed, sent out a feeble cry, signifying grief and confusion, etc. Of course the world had changed for good, as it would from now on every day with every twitch and blink. Now that change was de rigueur, man would discover desire, then yearn for what he would learn to call distraction. This was the true loss. And yet, in that first unchanging instant, the two souls standing outside the gates, no more than a break in the hedge, how had they missed it? were not thinking. Already the din was fading. 
Before them, a silence larger than all their ignorance yawned, and this they walked into until it was all they knew. In time, they hunkered down to business, filling the world with sighs. These anonymous, pompous creatures, heads tilted as if straining to make out the words for a song played long ago in a foreign land. Obviously, this is a poem about Adam and Eve and what happened uh, as soon as they were banished from the garden. And I, those last few lines um, haunt me, heads tilted, as if straining to make out the words for a song played long ago in a foreign land. And I, that's the discontent that's holy. Our heads are all tilted in one way or the other, and, and we're straining. There's something we know that's a little bit outside of our grasp, something that we sense and we intuit. And if we haven't been too bamboozled and beguiled by the carnival barkers of modern culture, we still have some sense of it somewhere. And we keep ourselves, the irony, you know, she writes, and we yearn for distraction, or we would, you know, that's what we, um, and that was the first true loss, she says. And isn't that ironic? We keep ourselves distracted in our search for contentment. Isn't that just crazy? And isn't that kind of, in some ways, almost the mantra of postmodern living? It's literally the definition, too, of an addiction, craving the very thing that makes you crave more. So I'm hoping that these podcasts twice a week um, can serve in its own humble little way, their own humble little way, to center us again and to help us see and feel and hear and understand Um, what uh, T.S. Eliot calls the permanent things, the things that matter, finally. It's a a tall order, I I admit, and I don't pretend to think that I can accomplish it, but you never know what can happen in a situation where uh, you've got good souls willing to listen and uh, at least someone who intends well um, in trying to share what he's learned, and that's what I'm hoping I can do with these podcasts moving forward. Great to have you on board. Um, If you think this is the sort of thing that other folks you know would like, uh, feel free to let them know. And, um, And we'll talk next week. All right. Bye.